Among all of the very important things that I have received during this first week at St. Andrews, including all those Wi-Fi passwords and access to parish calendars and instructions on how to make a really great pot of coffee for the office, probably the most important and the most useful thing that I have received are the keys to the kingdom. That's right. I have in my possession now a set of keys that will open up just about any door here on our church grounds. Thank you, Father Kevin, for entrusting this set of keys to me, a brand new priest. But one of these keys is the master key, which is the one that opens up the most doors here on campus. And I can recognize that master key because it is the one with the strangest and the most complicated shape. And this, I think, has a clear application to our gospel passage this afternoon, where we hear that famous story of Jesus handing over the keys to the kingdom to Simon, who has now been renamed Peter, which means rock. And this text obviously supports the Catholic belief that Christ explicitly established the origin and the authority of the papacy in the life of the church. But it's also worth reflecting on this passage from a slightly different angle, and that is to look at these keys of the kingdom as what they are. And they are quite strange in shape. They are weird-looking keys sometimes. They stick out, don't they? They might even seem arbitrary in their shape, a little bit complicated, maybe unnecessarily so, in their design. That's what we see when we see these keys to the kingdom. And this is part of our experience, I think. Because let's face it, it's not easy being Catholic. Being Catholic makes us stick out in today's culture, often in uncomfortable and even confusing ways. We might feel self-conscious about our faith sometimes, but this experience is nothing new. Being Catholic has always had a rather strange shape to it. Faithful Christian living has never quite fit into worldly understandings and philosophies. It can be a convenient self-justification if we tell ourselves, oh well, it's just harder to be Christian nowadays in 2020. But when it boils right down to it, the beliefs and the magisterial teachings of our church have always been radically countercultural and very hard to accept. From day one, when Jesus first issued his hardest sayings in Palestine somewhere over 2,000 years ago, the gospel has always looked outlandish and maybe even offensive to our fallen humanity. But we have to remember that these keys that Jesus gave to Peter are the master keys. So they have to be odd. They have to be different. They have to be strangely shaped or else they will not open 
the most important doors that Jesus wants his church to be able to open. G.K. Chesterton once said that a key is above all things, a thing with a shape. And he goes on to say that the Christian creed is above all things, the philosophy of shapes and the enemy of shapelessness. So really, we should not bother trying to change these keys to the kingdom. We should not try to make them look any less strange, less abrasive, or less demanding. Even if we do that with the best intentions in mind, if we're trying to reach people in our culture, or trying to meet people wherever they are at, those are good intentions. But those keys are hard and made out of metal for a reason. Because they can actually unlock the timeless truths that every single human being desperately desires to know. These keys unlock truths about God, about who he is, about how much he loves each and every one of us, and about how far he is willing to go in order to save us. They unlock for us truths about what it means to be a human being created in the image and likeness of God. They unlock for us truths about how are we to live, about morality, ethics, about rights and responsibilities that we have towards God and towards one another. They unlock for us truths about what makes us really happy, not only while we're here on earth, but even more importantly, one day in eternity, in heaven. These eternal truths are just too much for us to wrap our heads around, and we would never come to know them without those keys, if it was all up to our own cleverness, our own smarts. They're just too profound and vast. And we catch a glimpse of St. Paul grasping at that truth, overwhelmed with the truth in his letter to the Romans where he, he prays, oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How inscrutable are his judgments and how unsearchable his ways. This, it seems to me, is, is why Christ gave those beautifully weird keys to Peter to unlock for us the inscrutable depths and riches and wisdom of God. All the authority of the church, all of that authority and power to bind and loose, open and shut, that Jesus gave to Peter and his successors and his brother apostles, down to the bishops and popes of today, all of that is given precisely in order to achieve this end, to lead us into a personal relationship with the Lord and King of the universe. Nowadays, it's much more fashionable to say that there is no such thing as a master key that will unlock the truth about life. It's all relative, many will say, as long as you aren't hurting anyone. 
They'll tell you that nothing matters at all, really, and that life is just what you make of it. That each individual person is free to invent and define the shape of their own lock and key, their own version of reality. But our Catholic faith, built on the stable authority and the rock-hard witness of Peter, boldly proclaims good news to us that we do have a purpose in life and that it is clear that there is truth, that we have been created by a God who is love and that he wants us to love him back and that he is our peace, he is our joy. Do you want that joy? Well, then you're in good luck because Jesus, our Lord, has entrusted to his church a set of master keys, trustworthy keys that are there to unlock joy. All the popes, all 266 of them, down to Pope Francis, have received this same exact set of master keys from our Lord, these keys that unlock truth. And no pope would even be able to change those keys even if he wanted to. And besides, why would he ever want to change those keys? To have the keys to the kingdom means to have the keys to Jesus Christ himself and to be with him and to be in him and to become more and more like him is life. So the next time that you hear someone say that all too commonly heard sort of thing, well, I just wish the church would, would finally change their views on such and such, then I invite you to charitably, gently, warmly remind them that Jesus gave the keys to the kingdom to the church, the church that he loved dearly for our immense benefit, for our perfect joy, for eternal life. And those glorious, unchanging keys unlock for us truth and happiness that we are all seeking. And ultimately, they open up the doors to heaven for us. And if today you find yourself perhaps confronted and confused by the strangeness of these keys, well then good. Keep wrestling with them. Invite the Lord into that wrestling match and ask him to help you understand those keys, to know the, the shape of them and why they fit perfectly into the lock of life. And as we approach the altar today, where we receive the fruits of Jesus' sacrifice, where he laid down his life for us and took it back up for us in his resurrection. Let us all trust in that grace so that we can all remain in the church under the guardianship of our Holy Mother Church for the rest of our lives. Because it's there in that church, the church with the keys to the kingdom of God, where the gates of hell will never prevail. <laughs>